Welcome to episode 144 of Tactical Crouch. We're coming at you with back-to-back episodes. We recorded yesterday. We're back today. Kick Tripod, Yiska, and Volno here as always, but we have an awesome guest. I think maybe my favorite guest ever to be on the show. Uh, she is uh, formerly, so we we met. Uh, so it, it's Nuki, GM of the one in Spitfire. Woo! Big Yay! Um, but I want to, I want to tell a story about how I met you, Nuki, because, uh, you were an early contributor on Overwatch League Daily back in the day. Oh, uh, old times, old times. <laughs> you were, it was awesome. You actually analyzed some, some matches for the show and mm-hmm. helped me, um, put out a show that day and it was awesome. And then Yiska invited me to... The Discord we're not allowed to talk about, and uh, we've stayed in touch through there for a long time. And uh, you were always super helpful and super nice uh, to me, and all of that. And now here, here you are, the GM of the the London Spitfire <laughs> British Hurricane, and that's so cool. That's I'm just I'm, man, I'm just I'm so I'm just so happy about it. I gushed, mm-hmm. I think, two episodes ago. It looks ago. like you're more happy about it than yeah. I am. I know. So- I can't help it. It's just, <laughs> when I'm happy, I'm happy. Um, but a huge congratulations uh, to you mm-hmm. on your new role. Uh, we're really excited for you. Um, how, are you how are you feeling in, in dealing with all the, all the news and changes that have been going on over the past uh, couple of months as you've kind of been transitioning um, into that? It was definitely a very sudden transition. Like it was, it was one day when um, when management told me, like, or basically looped me into the discussion about the plan for London Spitfire, and then it was so yeah, if we're gonna do this, we want Nuki as the GM, and I was like really overwhelmed that day because it was like, can I do this? Am I? Do I want to do this? Like, I'm. I was. I was like. Uh, yeah, I, I wanted it for like the last three years, right? Like since Overwatch League came out, I wanted to be like a GM in Overwatch League because I always thought I can I can do right by players. And then like having that moment happen was like it, it was kind of stunning. Like I, I I messaged Joe I think the evening off. So did I hear that right? That you they approached you with the job and it wasn't really like you like formally interviewed for it or like running hurricane was like your interview for it yeah basically i've been running hurricane for three years now for cloud nine right so um it, it was basically a, a no-brainer for for jack to throw it out there that's awesome i freaking love it joe what did uh how did you respond when nuki told you and then you didn't tell me right away <laughs> i mean I, it's I'm also... responding with betrayal right now <laughs> but just kidding it it's not it wasn't my place to say you know anything it's definitely i'm, I'm joking of course you wouldn't yeah, have I, to tell me that it, it was it was it was very i was happy very very happy for it because you know we've we've all kind of been in the same circles for a long time and you've been you've been at it 
for long enough it's it's been you know aptly do that you get to you know finally get into the league and and crack some heads and, and build something special so cheers to you cheers cheers to morning coffee and uh for the eu folks maybe you know you're enjoying some alcoholic beverages who's to say, who's to say? yeah the eu folks mm-hmm I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, yeah. So this, I mean, there's there's so many places that we can go on this. And actually, I, I totally forgot where we're gonna go first. Is we're gonna thank our patron producers. So if you are brand new here, you like the show, you want to support it, you can sub right here, Twitch.tv/slash/kicktripod, or go to our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/tacticalcrouch. And a big thank you to our patron producers. Refine Bean for Dino Pin, Battle Crab, Kuchikopi, Lulshin, Rex Zane, Audio Compass, Kosh 67, Shara Picasso, Nathan Misery, Hunter Tain, Fabled Steven, Roger B. Owen, Chris R34444, Horbjorn, I listen to podcasts while on the toilet. Dang it! I was so close. While on the toilet and in the shower thinking of Yiska and Peace Camper. Did you guys notice how that's rolling off the, the tongue more? The more it's times we do it. Rhythm-y. It's yeah. getting a little uh, rhythmy. It's normalizing. Yeah. It's, it's getting there, chat, yeah. so you can stop. You can stop yelling at me every week about put the names back how they were. Yeah. We refuse. Um, yeah. So, whew. tell you what, uh, Yiska, where do you want to start on this one? I'm going to, I'm going to uh, pass you. That's dangerous, but I'm passing you the American football on this. The handache. Okay. So, I suppose like one question that you sort of kind of hinted at already because. In a way, okay, with Hurricane, okay, that you were still involved there, but of course you you sort of broadened your portfolio in the in the things that you've been doing, um, and other other responsibilities keep getting piled on. I think, like, uh, do do you have anything to do with Cloud Nine White for Invalorant, for instance? Oh yeah, I'm uh, I'm the main POC and team manager. I'm at the moment like my my whole work resume is general manager of Spitfire and Hurricane, team manager for Cloud9 Blue and White. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's either a packing job description or so super trophy case. <laughs> so sleep optional then? Is that you just don't <laughs> sleep, or is there like they have like a hyperbaric chamber they put you in and you get like? nine hours of sleep in 20 minutes i just distribute my sleep in 30 minute naps a day biphasic i think it's called right <laughs> where you like sleep for like six hours or like four hours and then you like work for four hours and you sleep for four hours or no, it's I like think... one of those hermione like time turners where you just actually have another clone that like helps with all the other tasks i don't know I, I, I don't want to dramatize it like I, I still I, I still get sleep it's it's definitely a bit hectic right now for the first month probably um till like the roster is a tiny bit more set and everything right. but it's 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 gonna get better don't overwork yourself take time off guys it's Preach. it's also to be fair like maybe not because at least we're in the <laughs> off season and the only ones, like even Valorant, has been pretty quiet recently, right? In terms of tournaments, is uh, in um, up until yesterday, yeah. And now that's starting up again. And like, um, what was Le okay? League, kind of. I mean, for you guys, it was quiet for a while. Uh, <laughs> talk so. <laughs> oh, we got both the side jabs already. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> it's gonna be right, like that, huh? Yeah, I, I, I feel really. like. 
I feel like there, there's there's definitely a feeling of calm before the storm, storm at least the last couple of weeks. But maybe like the planning phase started way earlier already, and maybe I'm underestimating how the how your calendar looks like. <laughs> My calendar is very colorful. If that helps, <laughs> right? Makes sense. Makes sense with with all the extra hats that the, you're like, wearing. Five calendars, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. So here's the thing. Job descriptions in esports are a lie. They like wow. You know just, how just an absolute I, statement. All right, okay. They're, they're, <laughs> they're just people love those. Made made Look at all the esports like, boxes. <laughs> it's like I read somewhere that something about some players like they developed so much in this team, and this coach helped with that. And the mm. players said that as well in like a side interview. And someone else goes well. That other guy was the player uh, development coach. So how could that guy have helped? Because job titles in esports are a lie. <laughs> like the, the the strategic coach can do player development, even though there's a de player development coach that then also maybe does strategy. Right. So long story short, what is the day to day uh, in in terms of the Spitfire and then also the Hurricane? Like and what yeah, are my, your my, responsibilities? My Code to stay today. I'm kind of tiny bit. Uh, no, uh, the, yeah, for 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 you specifically, what kind of tasks as a general manager of the uh, Hurricane and the Spitfires do you do? Do you uh, organize scrims? Do you um, like choose the coaches? Do you decide the roster? Are you on the business active on the business side? You know all this these types of things that different GMs do differently. In so, so I'm going to go a bit, a bit broader on this because the role itself changed a lot since I started in Hurricane and, and to now. So right. at the start, when we built those guys, which was the, the former name for the Hurricane for everyone that doesn't know, um, I was very involved in everything. We only had one coach, which was, which was Shifty. So I was also sitting in with my um, former player background, evaluating players and like giving input on who to pick up and who to build around. Um, I was very hands-on for the first two years of Hurricane, still doing that, while also evaluating coaches, recruiting them, doing job interviews for them, etc., etc., and also like coordinating with everything that was social media within our like Hurricane slash Cloud9 bubble. Um, and then last year, when I was moved to America, it shifted a tiny bit, of course, because it was not my only responsibility anymore. I got more teams, I got more responsibilities like in the organization itself. So I took a more like hands-off approach and did more of the only managemental things, which were still like social media coordination, um, setting up like interviews for the players, external press stuff, um, talking to Overwatch League teams pitching players to them, um, talking to agents regularly, picking up players, dropping players. That That's all decisions that I had to at least like have the last say on. Mm. Um, was in constant talks with coaches. We had like weekly staff meetings and stuff to, to evaluate players as we go. Me helping them to keep track of that, to be like on track, to be like working, motivated, etc. So... It's a it's a pretty broad um, broad topic when it comes to that. And at the moment for Spitfire, I'm basically doing the same thing, plus being more forward facing, doing all these podcasts and doing like media stuff myself to basically be the face of the whole thing. 
So it, it, it just kept piling on the last three years on, on how many responsibilities I'm having. Is that going to continue? Is there is there any plan for that to continue during the season? Does Cloud9 have, or you guys with Spitfire, have a, a kind of plan going forward to kind of not only keep you forward-facing, but maybe, you know, a, a weekly kind of connection with the community via like a, a brief couple minute video or you know a rundown or something to kind of keep you forward facing so that you kind of have that that through line to the fans um we haven't really discussed that it's definitely something that is like on the line of what we could do and what we like what we can do for the fans but i definitely want to be like with the whole team not only myself of course like with all the players and all the staff Mm. definitely want to be like fan engaged want to be like a, a relatable team and not only like be in the background as, sure. as, as you guys know i'm still like a tiny bit nervous in front of cameras <laughs> and i'm still not like <laughs> super super happy with everything but um, I, I'm, I, I'm getting used to it i'm getting used to it i think people will appreciate that i think people can kind of see them see themselves in that because it is you know it's it's weird to kind of just do such a supportive job and such a pivotal job nonetheless that is a lot of backroom tinkering fixing meetings you know all of these these kind of quiet tasks and now being asked to be like okay well now i need you to go talk to everybody else and do all that stuff so it's <laughs> yeah. i think it's i think it, people will appreciate where you're coming from and and i think you'll get some some love for it hopefully is that something C9 just decided as a company to want to have like one of its outwards values? Because um, like in the CS scene, like mm -hmm. you guys have uh, Henry G, former caster, and he seems to be spearheading like the transparency mm. uh, movement within that scene, just being very open about the decisions, framing them, them uh, himself. Uh, providing all kinds of details on the deals and where how they came to be and whatnot. Is this something you collectively decided or is this more like that the individual like department manager, so to speak, has to decide for themselves? I think when the it, it definitely wasn't a like company decision where we where we were told like do this, do that. It's definitely mm -hmm. something that I can't I can't speak for Henry of course, but I think it is something that comes from him and I as like personal values that we have mm, right could we yeah. maybe ex expect this a lot or or very pointed but is there any thoughts around doing something similar even just to a lower degree or a lesser degree in overwatch maybe like when you sign a coach or a player kind of coming out and being like hey this is the process that we went through this is their kind of journey here and now they're here Poggers, as the kids I'm say. definitely planning on doing like some kind of like introductions to all the players and stuff okay. that we're picking up. I don't know if I if I wanna or can go in in spe as specific detail mm -hmm. as Henry does, but that's something. Right. It's definitely a discussion that we that we were having with the social media side and the cool, of course, our investors and stuff. Awesome, I think that's right. that's that's definitely very cool. It's it's kind of getting tiresome with like. We've signed this player pending league approval on Twitter, and then that's it. Like, you don't really hear much else from him. So, like having a little bit more content there, I think, will go a long way. Maybe. Yeah, we. I've, I've been I've been pushing for content, and I will be continue to push for content when whenever it's whenever it's feasible. Um, mm. I think it's really it's really important, especially in franchise leagues, that it's that people get to know the players, that people yeah, get to know, especially right. also the staff, mm -hmm. because staff is often like a very 
background organizational thing that most people are, like are not aware of, of who they are, what they can do, like what their values are, etc. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and I think in some ways, like it depends on the position, but very often like some of the staff is just the more constant than anything else. So if I if can I'm be, thinking about be. Yeah, it depends, most definitely. But if I'm thinking like Glads, there's one immovable object now and that seems to be Depay. So I mean was was that an intentional shoulder <laughs> reference or like what? No. He moves he moves <laughs> other people. I mean, he's, he's really not gonna escape that. He's the unstoppable force, force if anything. But <laughs> He's the, like, yeah, he's the unstoppable <laughs> object, not the immovable force, but continue yeah. anyways. So like, um, and there for that reason, I, I think like that when you have like these constants and also the people that inform these decisions that are mm-hmm. happening, I think it's kind of important to understand the types of values. It's almost like if you're running for office, you kind of want to know what the values of the specific person are. So you can then evaluate, okay, like, I cannot know all the information, but based on the person that I know, I kind of see that I sympathize with them and my decision in that process would probably have been similar. And therefore, I can align with the, those values that I uh, want to see from the, the org. And like, I feel like that is also the one constant you have throughout FeeSports fandom. Like... Mm-hmm. um the the thing is like especially in Overwatch League teams change so frequently like mm-hmm. you guys nah. like we assume assume like <laughs> like we're, we're up to I think cell nine hundred on the activity page Jeez. <laughs> yeah so yeah I, yeah right so that that like to have some constant in the people that are should be there for long term doesn't necessarily have to be like the franchise player it also works from the staff role. And if someone like has been given the reins for a longer period of time, I think that is absolutely someone I can attach myself to. Case in point, Ocelot for G2, for instance. Oh like, yeah, definitely. That's a... Uh, <laughs> like, for those that don't, Joe, don't know... Joe, did you want something to say? Oh, no, that wasn't hey, Joe. I was, I was, I was agreeing. Why <laughs> <Yeah>. a cat? <laughs> <continuing>. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's, it's just... Um, Nice to have values, like stringent values that just like mm. permeate all the decisions that's happening, all the communication, and a lot of that has to do with the people that actually make them work. And for to get to know them makes total sense. Also, once again, we kind of need to protect our staff more uh, in esports generally. Um, oh yeah, so, that's, that staff often really has the the short end of the stick when it comes to like most things. Um, if a player is bad, oh, he had bad coaching. If a mm-hmm. if a team is like failing, let's swap the coaches, fire them, get them out of their right. jobs. Like this right. is this is a call that is like that is made way too often and way too frequently. Um, it's it's very important for me to invest into people long term. I think that is something that is reflective from what I did with Hurricane, where we also had like we had bad seasons. We had like beginning of two thousand eighteen. I think it was season two where we literally tanked everything that we could tank. Um, and we still kept the majority of the roster. And I'm I'm a big fan of like investing in people that are hungry and that are uh, that are willing to to improve and to prove themselves that they can do better. Um, mm-hmm. So 
I want to I wanna keep that for Spitfire. I definitely do. I want to invest into people long-term and I want to like help them be better people, not only like short-term better players or be like the best team that is out there. I want to I wanna give them some form of stability. Nice. Can, can you tell us a little bit about how involved you are um, with uh, building this 2021 roster versus how much you're kind of delegating uh, to your to your staff? I mean, you've you've got a lot going on here. There, I think we'd be uh, silly to assume that there's you're obviously delegating a lot now too. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about um, how you're hoping that's going to work out and the role that you're going to play in there and building the 21 2021 team? Um, currently with the tryouts, I try to be as involved as I can. So I am watching tryouts. I am like giving my thoughts on players. Um, definitely not on the mechanical side because that's something that I hire coaches for and that I don't have any expertise in. But I do definitely do have expertise when it comes to mentality things, when it comes to um, evaluating players on like a more personal level, like how I see them be willing to learn, how I see them like um evaluating themselves and the game too how reflective they are that comes from the from the small educator background that i'm having so um i think that that's something that is really helpful for me and that i can like bring to the table when it comes to uh helping with the tryouts there's one aspect like where i have convinced myself maybe deluded myself into thinking that knowing esports history the type of person or the okay there's not one type of person but the the archetypes of people that are generally going to be successful in some way has been pretty much the same since i don't know since 2005 or something do you think like do you recognize that like for instance can you look at your uh cloud nine valorant roster like blue look at tens and say okay this guy has these qualities this is sort of like what I can see in this player or in a completely different game. Is this, do, do, do you think these patterns hold up or the other super big uh, distinguishing factors between games? You mean when it comes to like player mentality and player yeah. like uh, personality when it comes to yeah. the games? Um, I think it doesn't matter. Literally, it doesn't matter which game you play. Um, your mentality has to be on a on a certain level and on a certain point um, to be like confident to to improve. Like you have to have a, a good level of self reflection. You have to have like a, a level headed approach when it comes to improvement. Know that sometimes it's going to be bad. Sometimes it's going to be good. And definitely, um, definitely have the mental fortitude to pull yourself out of out of holes. Um, also, a really, really big thing is knowing your limits, like knowing your limits in, in every game, not only when it comes to like mechanical skill, but when it comes to when it comes to overworking yourself, when it comes to where do I need to work on more and like be receptive to feedback is definitely a, a big thing that spans through literally every game. Mm. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. The, the yeah. one. Yeah, sorry. Go on. I, I was going to kind of diverge. So if you wanted to. No, it's, it, it, mine would have also been something like there's this for people that deal a lot with with personality and also have their skill sets in there there's this one trap i think that we also in overwatch have seen a couple of times where someone is super skilled someone also seems to be an all right person but they have like something that has repeatedly not worked in specific like in different team environments but then mm -hmm. 
you still say, well, I'm the person that can make it work now. Well, I think that's esports history. Like, there are so many names you can kind of think about that's just like, yep, that fits this person and that fits this person. Won't name names, you know, because right. they're, you know, <laughs> eroded in the, the annals of time. But right. that's definitely got to be more than just Overwatch, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so sometimes you're super naive trying to make a talent work that has failed before, yeah. but it's definitely not a thing that is. Um, I'm a, I'm a very big advocate of team environment makes people different. So right. just because a player had a bad time on one team doesn't mean that we can can't create an environment where he thrives. So right. it's it's definitely an individual thing. And sometimes us as managers or the coaches are are tapping deep into the deep into the like the the tab hole or like the the tired hole of whatever. Mm. So so something of course you do like. You do make bad decisions when it comes to a player that has like a certain background of personality, but there, there, there is always a chance there that you have a skill set that helps them, or you have a, a chance to um, pull him out of the hole that he's troubled himself. How does that work? Like for, for someone that maybe hasn't, hasn't been in that situation, like how do you create team culture and how do you def refine team culture? Because that's, it's like this nebulous term that somehow happens between people and then maybe you can make some jokes in between, but like still like... Go the, play laser tag once a week, you know, build that team chemistry, yeah, you know. Yeah. yeah, take some workshops, like yeah. fall of workshops. letters. We love the workshops. <laughs> fall of letters <laughs> so so the others catch you for... Trust exercises. Oh, we right? yeah, big, big on those. Right. What's that yes, process like? It's yeah, many, how many, how it's many trust falls? <laughs> how many trust falls are you guys doing every day in practice? Yeah, we're not, we're not throwing any people on the ground. I can promise you that. Um, it's it's definitely a mix of everything. It 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 depends on your on your resources, of course. If you have like a, a team house situation, a living situation mm. together, it's easier to build like team synergy and to build like trust within each other. But it's the the main thing for me is like reinforcing values that you want to have in the team like mm -hmm. be con like constant reminders hey this is not what we want to do like right. can you see this differently um can we respond to this differently this is how we want to treat each other etc etc and like basically leading by example when it comes to that like um right reinforcing your values onto <laughs> chat is literally Chat is like, you said reinforced. You're here, we leaked reinforced. Johnny, it's confirmed. I mean, he pitched Brennan inside as coaches, so I think I think we're good there. Um, now, it's, it's, it's definitely a thing of, of reinforcing values, and it is, mm -hmm. it is very important to be like, you have to be the asshole at that point to... Some players really don't want to do it. Some players really don't value these things that you want them to value, and it's you're gonna you, you need to be a pain in the ass sometimes till they understand, until they see the improvement and value for it. Like you will have players pushing back all the time. So, but it, it's it's good for the long run. It's good in the end usually. Oh, for sure. I I guess then the next step to that, or the next kind of like branching question from that is. How do you do that? Like, what's the day to day? Because obviously you've worked with Hurricane and again, your trophy case is filled with accolade after accolade and trophy after trophy. But what has it been like building that? Like, what is the groundwork foundational? Like, are we having meetings every week? Like, what does it mean when you say leading by example? Like, how do you do that? I guess 
how the sausage is made in that way. Like what, it, what exactly do you do to kind of create that culture? Um, so it's, it's, it's a mix of setting expectations. So we, we do not mm. have like weekly team meetings, but we do have weekly staff meetings where I relay to, to coaches what like core values we're having and mm -hmm. what we, what we want to do with like certain players where I see, like I, I mentioned to them where I see problems laying, where I see like patterns forming. If, if I see something, of course, they relay it to me if they see something and we basically talk it out on a. Yeah, on a on a coach coach or educator level, like mm. um, forming ideas, mm. forming strategies, like how we can counteract this. Also, working together with our um, C nine uh, sports psychologist on that that gives us like techniques or um, or gives us advice on how to handle like certain situations. Mm. And obviously, well, maybe not obviously, but. Is there room for like open one on ones? Not necessarily principal office like GM Nuki's gonna wake her whack her finger at you and tell you you were bad today, but more of just like actual like building exercises, you know, like hey, you know, you've been really good here, but this is you know, are there those one on ones happening, you know, even back with Hurricane? Oh yeah, definitely. We um we do a mix of depending on um how how urgent we see it being, mix of like urgency one-on-ones where we schedule one-on-ones if we see like problems arising with players mm. and definitely also do regular one-on-ones where for hurricane i did it when there was like three seasons of contenders a year i did it after every season where i sat down with like every player and coach and got feedback for everyone mm. um like wrote that down of course anonymously and then distributed it um accordingly like what, mm. what i saw fit and what i saw reasonable um and for for veteran for example to branch out a tiny bit yes i know this is the overwatch broadcast hey still. um we also do weekly leadership things where we talk about like okay. after big tournaments do we want to do one-on-ones like do we want to have feedback for everyone and i think having a good feedback loop for a team and a, and a team environment is really important so everybody can not only be open to give each other feedback but also like feel safe to funnel the feedback through management mm. If they're not comfortable saying way. something. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. One one thing I was and maybe it's a little bit of a switch of topic, but one thing I was interested in was that you said you wanted to find some way to make Hurricane work with Spitfire in some some you know, like synergistic um yeah, approach. The thing is, I think we had examples, for instance, in the Overwatch League with uh, Atlanta Rain, where that worked very well. The thing is, in my experience, there's one thing that players always respect, and that's skill. Especially if the the young ones are actually like keeping up or are better in some some regards, right? So I imagine there it came easier. Uh, to to achieve these uh, things, because like just naturally, by what players care about, um, that they the respect was given. Like, how do you how do you envision this this hurricane like Spitfire thing? Because I imagine that was probably a decision you had to make, where you said like, okay, I have this budget. I could have just like said, okay, we like this. We we did this academy thing. Nobody has an academy thing anymore. I'm taking that budget and I'm building a bigger uh, Overwatch League team. But you committed to the Hurricane um, formula there. So 
how is that going to interconnect? So the main, the main connection point for this is going to be the coaching staff, like the coaching staff interacting with each other, helping each other out in like the different departments. Um, we're going to have a head coach for Hurricane, we're going to have coaches for Spitfire. And I'm, I'm hopefully planning, like I'm planning that it hopefully works out um, that we're going to have a, a, basically a hub for them to interact strategies, to interact with like um, things that, we, that they want to practice for each team, that we're going to have a system where um, if we want to practice certain strats or if we need to practice against a certain team or against strats that a certain team runs, that we're going to have this like sister team mentality. And also that the Spitfire coaches have input on, hey, um, this, is a, this is a prodigy that we would like to pick up. This is someone that we would like to develop because in general, right. the tier two scene is like, you, you know how underdeveloped they are and how like much more development they need to have like a sustainable future for the Overwatch League. So it was a really, it was a really big thing for me to keep Hurricane and I fought really hard with the decision to keep it and for the decision to can keep it. Um, because, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, it's just something that we need in the long run. It, we mm. need to develop talent. We need to develop like these young players. There's so many like 17 year olds, 16 year olds in European contenders right. right now that need the support to actually, yeah, to thrive and to, and then have the potential to be in Overwatch League. Um, we had a system in Hurricane where we had development players for the first two years, um, notably like Honey Esther and Sparker, which were brought on as like a development slot which played only like one map type for the first like half a year that they were in the team and that surpassed their um their main slot competition basically um and we never had a really big problem with that did joe just freeze no. oh <laughs> no no joe <laughs> joe's still here yeah, yeah. i think so it, it looked like yeah, and, and, and it worked out pretty well so far. Like, we didn't have any, like, big pushback on bringing on a player because it was always players that people were excited about to, to play against. Sparker is a really good example for that because we picked him up right from ranked. It was right. like, hey, we have a development slot open. Do you guys know anyone, like, that you, that you would be thrilled to have on the team? And, mm -hmm. and, and I think it was, was Hafi back then that said, oh, there's this kid in ranked. He always uh, wins Widow one-on-ones against me. Can we actually trial him? <laughs> So, right. <laughs> so it, it, there, there was never a problem like like you hear in League, for example, where the the big ones are afraid to to get like newer talent on the team. Um, but it, it definitely like there, there can be problems arising with that. Of course, we are aware of that. But we want to create a create a cohesive environment where they can they can work with each other. They can like give feedback to each other. Maybe we can even have like people practicing against each other, like one on one matchups or like certain certain other things like have training regimes and stuff basically mm. the whole the whole what academy could be kind of trope yeah i we, we're gonna try that i, I won't so I, I i might basically ask you to answer the question again because uh <laughs> this is really good but so it sounds to me are you saying so i guess i would i would ask philosophically are you of the belief that the best iteration of competitive overwatch is where we have overwatch league teams and academy teams and there's a lot of like almost like i don't want to put traditional sports models in that because i don't want people to draw like here's what traditional sports does right uh but i do want to say like having you know academy teams really uh inform um the ultimately what ends up being the overwatch league teams and also having 
a tight synergy between those two is kind of what in your personal philosophy is the best like version of franchised competitive overwatch i think so yeah i'm 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 of the belief that having having support for the tier 2 scene with academy teams is very crucial for a long-term and sustainable franchise system nice hmm. i like i no, like that that was just mm. <laughs> It's, it's, it's cut and dry. It's it's just that, yeah. <laughs> I love it. You guys were also up, like one of the better uh, uh, academy teams in terms of like having players promoted, right? Like, um, yeah. sooner, like Numlocked, Keb, uh, Fusions, and then of course Funny Astro. Like basically, all went through your academy system at one point. Plus coaches. We also had Plus, uh, had Dream and uh, and Unter. Yep, and. Didn't you even have like uh, Christopher for a little bit, like trying <laughs> we for or like something? Two weeks, yeah. We right. we wanted to pick him up. the The contract was drafted, but then uh, Hayes swooped in and uh, <laughs> got him for hopefully. Snuck up quite. right. <laughs> so is the deal then to not sell that talent? Like for instance, Stefan Astro, of course, like top tier, like one of the best main supports, probably went for a pittance. Is is this? Like now the is now the idea to just like promote them into the Spitfire roster if you ever get like a, a transcendental talent? Uh, it, it it definitely is, but it's also but we also don't wanna don't wanna claim everything for ourselves. Like my my right. dream is to have players develop for like all the teams, of course. Like it's it's more of a we wanna develop the scene, we wanna develop tier two talent rather than it is we only wanna develop them for us, right? It's right. more of the broader topic of if we make the whole league better, it's also better for us, right? Because we have better competition, we have better practice, we have better everything. Yeah, yeah. And it, and it gives that's, you that's, that, it gives that's you what first, I value, right? And it gives you first pick at a lot of those people too, even if they end up not and going we have for first you. Pick yeah. Because it's our academy team, and nobody else has an academy team, and they have to to give us the juice. The juice. Yeah. The juice. <laughs> Very true. Very true. I and guess into academy teams or world league people. Yeah. Uh, hopefully. Um, with all the hats that you're kind of wearing currently, is there any plans on kind of passing the torch for Hurricane in terms of like managing that specifically, or is that your baby and you're not letting that go for any any amount of money? <laughs> I definitely, um, I'm definitely going to keep being like I, I am the general manager for it, right? And we do mm. have uh, we do have Kunmaru still in our reins that was helping with managing Spitfire, so we're going to be a, a tag team okay. on both teams, I think. Good, good, good. Mm -hmm. And then I guess the next thing kind of with what you were saying about like the staff and like developing players, is there going to be a shift with Hurricane in particular on focusing on more developmental talent, more developmental staff to obviously situate the entire Overwatch scene and, and be able to feed that upwards? Is that more of a goal now with you know, hurricane with situating with London and how you want to have them inter kind of connected or Don't are we it. still going for titles? I mean, why not both? <laughs> I like it. It's 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 I, I don't think the philosophy for Hurricane will will shift drastically. Like it's we, we, we always had the philosophy of developing talent and we happen to be also the strongest team in Europe. So I don't think we, we're going to change that anytime soon. Speaking because of the upcoming talent is also is also kind of nuts. True. 
I guess maybe a quick one and you don't have to go super deep on it. Do you have like eyes for potential like new hurricane talent? Are you guys like looking at not not naming names, but <laughs> De- definitely you, you keeping do. your eyes out? Definitely do. Um, we we have an eye on the scene basically the whole time with like also players that we are scrimming, players that we are mm. like we are competing against. Um, but I cannot say like which roles we're looking at or which players we're looking at because we don't know who gets promoted yet, right? So hundred percent, hundred percent. Could be, could be that we're scrapping the whole Hurricane team because they're who all knows? going to Overwatch League, and then we Uh-oh. we get a could be. fresh team of fifteen year olds, and then let's go. <laughs> all them, all them dang Fortnite kids. <laughs> I one thing that you didn't allude to but left definitely kind of jumped out at me was like the success of hurricane and like what that means which was something that we definitely talked with trit about um could you be or could you shed some light on the narrative that academy team equals resources equals wins does that does that definitely correlate is that something that you could kind of speak to oh that's a that's a hard topic that's definitely a hard topic i don't Hmm. Look, I'll I'll say last time when we tr- had tried on, it felt like he had been a little bit indoctrinated by the poor, where it was always like, like th- this little undertone of like, oh yeah, that money makes them play better. <laughs> where it's like, <laughs> oh, dude. Oh, dude, the, the, the narrative, the narrative, um, it, it's yeah. here. The narrative mm-hmm. of academy team means more resources, means better players or better wins and stuff. Is is definitely something that I've battled against since 2018 and that mm-hmm. I still didn't win because there was there was also teams in the in the years that had like more funds that had like houses sure. that had like for for example Samsung that had like a, a house in Italy and that had like also good resources um and it was always a narrative of because you're an academy team because you're an academy team yeah. so um I wouldn't say that it's like vastly different. Of course it helps. Of course it helps to have like the players on salaries where they can do things full time and where they don't right. have to go to school. But we also had players that still went to school. Happy was still studying. Sparker did, does school full time still. Or like not recently anymore because of all the Overwatch League tryouts. But wasn't Bach um, still like practicing as like a doctor? Bach was at the time? practicing at the start, yeah. yeah. He he took a year off, I think, after our initial okay. season win. He was he was still practicing as a doctor. Um, mm. So it's definitely it's definitely a plus that they are more like more laid back on on the approach because they get money. But mm. it, it was never being a yeah because we have interactions with Spitfire and we have that resource and we have the coaches Spitfire coaches as a resource. We it, it was always like us and the best thing that we could do with it rather than having the the, the really big edge above everyone. For sure. Yeah, it's it's definitely something that does pop up now and again. And it's just like, is I right now with the current state of tier two, like, of course, there's not a ton of like support going around. So I there is a sense of fairness to it, at least yeah. currently, but especially in the past, like there were teams that rivaled, if not maybe surpassed. I, I, I definitely don't have numbers on that, but, you know, you hear things and it's like, dang, you guys are throwing out a little bit of cash in tier two it's like you might as well be an academy team like i don't know why you're not even partnered with somebody if you're investing this much it's Mm -hmm. it's definitely and and to see that dominance from hurricane even then it's 
the narrative needs to kind of shift away and from just being academy teams and hopefully you know knock on wood when we get to you know the the overwatch promised land of the sequel that's supposed to be coming out anytime soon um maybe we can see that resurgence of investment into tier two and investment you know at the top end that come comes down and it's not just academy teams fighting against you know you know pickup squads it's you know we get back to where we were before with the samsung's and these other teams that you know maybe endemic esports orgs that come in and, and invest talent so it's it would be really nice it was something that i would wish for yeah i mean again hurricane's done a lot and the the through line through a lot of it has been the people at the top including yourself so it's you're taking that and i'm kind of speaking to the london fans it's like you're taking the success that you've done with hurricane moving it to the overwatch league that's what you're kind of getting here this is this is the gm that you're acquiring right like litany of success gold after gold after gold yeah okay we don't talk about 2018 season two okay it happens <laughs> everybody has their downswing but then the return and then the continued dominance like it's no matter how much and again like you've been very um open with your goals you know she doesn't not believe in the team right this isn't, you know, no, no, no. it's setting expectations based on what well, what you're kind of given and what you have to, you know, do. Well, let's let's, not let's talk easy. about it. Let's talk about the yeah. goals um, for the 2021 Spitfire, um, because uh, I don't think everybody saw the interview. But sure. London Spitfire, I believe, uh, did put it out on their official YouTube channel. Um, you should go watch it. They did a little interview announcement with you um, and you kind of gave us a little bit of a primer of what to expect for the 2021 Spitfire, but we want to talk about that some more here on the show uh, for those who haven't seen it, who, again, you should go see it. I'll go watch the video. Support Overwatch League content teams because they work really hard. True. Okay? Listen, listen I'm talking to you, person in Reddit, who, uh, who uh, summarizes everybody's content down to a paragraph, and then nobody watches it. Stop it! Okay? All right. Anyways. Um, so 2021 Spitfire, uh, we, let me pull up the, the sheet here. So we, so we know who we've got. So here's what my spreadsheet says and feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, Glister, Bernard, Sanguinar, and Fuse, I believe are the four that are still on the roster going into 2021. Does that sound right? As of at this very moment. I think you're correct. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, how's building for 2021 going? <laughs> uh, how's, how's, that, how's that one line we always post for, uh, for League of Legends? Scrims are going well. Can't wait uh, for next season or something. <laughs> <laughs> I thought she was going to pull, we've already lost the offseason. I thought oh, she no. was going to go the Jack way. <laughs> like, oh, sorry, guys, we already <laughs> lost. <laughs> no, no. Not posting the not posting the jack sitting in the middle of the fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's too early for that. <laughs> We're gonna talk about that when every other player is gone. Uh, God, uh, no, right? And, okay, <laughs> so it's it's definitely going well. Good. And another thing that stood out to me was, and I'm, I forget if it was in the in the official announcement on your Spitfire channel or if it was in the podcast you did right after the announcement. Um. But there was something about what goals you have in terms of, okay, are we planning to want to win the league? 
Is that our goal? Or what is what how would you define the goals that the Spitfire is going to uh go for in the 2021 season? Of course, like it's 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 been it's been written a tiny bit out of context. The the comment that I made about like it's realistic that we probably not gonna get top five. Um, but right. it's definitely we do want to do the best that we can. We try right. to win everything that we can. We try to make to make the best out of what we what we get and what we're having. It's mm. not like we don't believe in the team, and especially I do believe in the team, and I do believe in the idea that Western teams are up there with everybody else, like full Western teams, not necessarily right. mixed teams. Mm. Um, but the goal is definitely build build the best Western team that we can especially with a focus on European players and European talent. Question regarding, I guess it, this might be a little touchy to kind of dance around, but we are seeing a giant exodus and, you know, the league is ever changing day by day. Um, how open are these trials and are you seeing, or is it a possibility that some of the players that are being currently released could be trialing for London if if I made that vague enough. Um, we Are you guys open to that? Picked, rather? Yeah, we definitely picked players that were available. We, um, as I said, we had a strong focus on on Western and European talent. Mm -hmm. We asked, we asked all the players that we could find if they want to try out, if they're interested in the project. Like, laid the project out to them, laid the, yeah, basically laid everything out to them, and then seen. Uh, then asked if they are interested in trialing. We have a we have a good list of tryouts. Um, we did the first round last week, um, so it's there, there. There's some names in there that are definitely recognizable, and there are some okay. new names in there that come from from teams that might, people might not expect that are like younger talents, hidden talents. Hidden, I like hidden. Mm. Not not as hidden, but definitely like contenders talents that we know how how well scouting goes sometimes. True. Do you have like numbers in mind? Not like as how, how much money, but like how many people you're looking at in terms of like, I need this many staff and I need this many players at this point in time? Um, I definitely do have numbers in mind, but it's nothing that is like super set in stone yet. So I don't want to like right. throw, throw calculations out there. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. It's also, okay, you go stone face, but <laughs> I think... Um, one of the problematic things in how the seasons go, especially when your uh, viewership goes down and the, the numbers are presented to the ownership groups, and then 12 hours later, they're asked, or whatever, like even three days later, they're asked, please allocate a budget for the next season. Like that, that probably still stings by the time you're writing that check or the, like allocating these resources. So from a timing perspective, it was probably not the best time. We got, I mean, according to the report I did, like six, six months till we start the season. A lot can change till then. I expect a lot to change yeah. till, till then. Um, we don't even know. Like the, so, so much is changing always, mm. right? So um, in that regard, like... Uh, yeah, I wouldn't have expected any hard um, numbers. Do do you have? Do you, are there currently professional signs to the Overwatch roster? Not in terms of players, but like you said, you're doing trials. Someone has to do them, right? You got some people there. 
Oh yeah, we definitely we definitely do one of those traditional esports announcements of announcements. Right. So um, we That's this we definitely podcast have, <laughs> <laughs> we definitely do have um, coach announcements coming up soon. Eyes emoji. We love eyes those. emoji. Big eyes. At least you do it differently, right? Like it's not just the same <laughs> old like, hey guys, wink, wink. Eye emoji yeah, on the Twitter. Wait, wait is, 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 is this the time where I hop on Twitter and post the all and, and eyes? Is, is that yeah, the time? Yeah, all eyes, contract, <laughs> confirmed, you know, <laughs> the usual. Oh, the, oh, At least you do it a little bit. The, the, the one gift where you just sign the contract? Mm -hmm. is, is, that, yep. is that a thing? Yep. At least no, it's but, different, but right? It, the, the, the budget is always shifting, especially with, like, how times are right now and how, like, right. everything is uncertain about how the league is going to go and how... Uh, right. And how everything will be like, what, how will, how will it be played? Like, where would we be located? What is right. like the, the bigger scheme of things? It's so hard. Like one day it's like, this is how much you're having the next day is like, yeah, that's fine. No, that's not fine here, there, blah, blah, blah. Pitch this, pitch that. It's, it's definitely, it's, it's wild out there. It's a very wild off season. Is it, is it ever frustrating when you're like taking this week and going like, okay, I get this budget. I'm building my card house, and then there's like one news where it's like, by the way, we're actually flying 12 times next year. And it's just like, okay, <laughs> blast that, that card house, like just start from zero with new assumptions. And uh, like, is it, is it, say, even a point in making like long term plans now? There is definitely a point in it. And I'm a very big fan of um, of preparing for the worst case scenario and then exceeding expectations because that's way better than the other way around, right? So um, we definitely prepare for the worst case scenario and then everything that is that is on top of that, we mm. we, we, we we just take that. It's it's just fine, right? Uh, making quick fixes is, is is kind of my thing. So right, yeah, and yeah, indeed, <laughs> it I mean, can this... only get better from this point out. True. <laughs> Yeah, it's like all of Overwatch is basically like patching up the sinking ship while you're driving it all over the other Atlantic well, Ocean. Not sinking. Not everything. I mean, not everything. Like, but sometimes you also get nice gusts of wind, and it's not all. 100%. And sometimes you can enjoy the sail alive, and then Hero Pools is just a gigantic rock and <laughs> directly in front of your ship, and then you got to fix that one, and then yeah. speaking of is hmm, how to ask this and be very professional about it um is Just that something it. you're building in mind with in terms of like the formatting of next year are, are you are what, you looking at hero pools and saying oh. okay this is what i have to kind of judge from even again we have no official announcement if that's going to be the case or not but are you looking at that and taking that in consideration when building for next year Oh, definitely flexibility in especially like dps players is, is something that is really important because mm. we don't know like will hero pools come back is it like when it when it's official do we are we having this minute that matter mm. um flexibility right. in those terms is definitely it's definitely a thing that we are looking at okay interesting so very very interesting it's it's you know the off season to kind of quote yes report it's it's young we have plenty of time um, hopefully we do get some communication from the league on what things are looking like for next season to kind of help maybe not guide because I don't think that's necessarily fair to everybody. It's also not something that we all need to do of like figuring out 
you know what roster is going where but i think it definitely would behoove them to kind of help guide the expectation of what next year could look like um what does it feel like to you right now building that roster because like there's different approaches that you one could take right the definitive that we know right now is i think someone sometime in Ju uh, january you gotta have seven players that's that's the line goal you're working towards right do you yeah. feel pressured to move very quickly in the market so you can get make good deals on players um that you know will eventually be contested and maybe like get the deal done before the big players come in or um do you feel like you should take your time and really do the research and your the values rather be found when the dust has settled and everyone else has made moves like what's the feeling you have currently do you feel like really stressed to make signings or do you feel like let's chill we got some time two months and then we evaluate in that time um, i think it's really important to have the core set already so i definitely gonna i'm, I'm looking at building up a core like signing a core um as soon as i can so we can have like a foundation to build the, uh, to build the best team around that um but for for like having the full roster definitely there's definitely time for that especially with the season starting in april most likely mm. there's like plenty of months that we still can go through for like right. defining everything around that core when when right. you say core do you mean like more like a personality leadership driven core or like we're looking for x role y role and z role to build around and more the X role, Y role, B role to build around, or like the the player, the right player combination to have as the focus point of the of the roster. Of course, you can't just slap together like six six stand out star players and then just call it a day. I think that's that's proven across like multiple games that that's a very hard thing to do. Mm. So picking up the right players in core positions and then accompanying them with like good players around them that they mesh well with is definitely an approach that you can go through better than teaching star players how to place more supportive roles. It's it's totally okay if you don't want to answer this. You can just say next question. Uh, but <laughs> what like what is a core? Uh, can you give us more specifics around what what a core is to you? Uh, and is valuable for you in that? Oh, it's definitely it's definitely a, either either one player or like multiple players that that have like values already that we want to flourish in the team and that we want to build up in the team and that can basically that can basically act as like the the anchor point if if you want to say it like that like that are that are the basically the foundation that a team can like lean on if you know what I mean. Yiska is a different kind of anchor. Cruise ship. Cruise ship anchor, yes. <laughs> Love those. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. What else? What else do you guys have in, in your notes? I've got a couple. I've got to sift through a couple of these questions from Discord. Yeah. I, there was one that kind of caught my eye that I thought was kind of fun and, and banterlicious, if uh, that's a word. Um, any any rivalries coming in? Anybody who you're looking to maybe stick it to? Any any fun? You know, not bad blood, but just you know, you know, I know that guy, and ah, beating it would be pretty fun. Hmm. Which team do you want it's to beat a, the most? It's, it's a, 
it's a it's it's a hard ask um mm. because i i do like my my banter to come naturally and i do like to Fair. to dig at people like for reasons so picking one now just to just to pick one seems uh, seems let the narratives come as they fall yeah we 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 are we are brits right so that natural banter is the, is the way to go true you kind of wanted to compete against the academy, uh, Paris Academy team more, but they disintegrated before they could, <laughs> anything could form. So I was I was excited for that that they're coming back this year or like was it last year? I don't even know that they came, made the comeback. I was I was right. really excited to have them back again, but then yeah. they 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 vanished again. So of course there's like this natural rivalry of like the two European teams right, that right. are like lonesome in their in their own midst. Also, it would be it would probably be um, depending on like power rankings because usually like Boston was notably always like on the lower side of everybody's ranking the last few years, and we will probably be too with the new approach. So it would be nice to have like the hey, maybe we can at least be higher than Boston kind of type mentality. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's it's, it's gonna it's gonna be a process. Like, but. Banta will come naturally to us, I think, for with, sure. with the whole like uh, with the whole Brit situation. Awesome. Are you? Are you? Do you think you will have Brits? There's definitely there's definitely some pretty rad Brits out there when it comes to playing Overwatch that are free agents right now. Pretty rad. I like it. <laughs> I haven't heard. I need, rad to adapt, here. I need to adapt the play uh, the 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 speaking style of the young people mm. to appeal to them. True. So, yes. Like it cannot be like the stuck up German like this guys all the time. Oh Ooh. Jesus Christ! Oh, curmudgeons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that Talking twelve to eighteen banter, demo, baby. <laughs> so yeah, far, right. so much for holding back on the juice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um. Is is there like a hard date you want to start reaching out to other Overwatch League teams? Like, okay, let's start booking scrims. Is that like, uh, do you have a date in mind when you want to have that core together? And then, of course, like theoretically, especially with the integration of Hurricane, you can always like substitute in some way there. Or is it just going to be like we're going to like we're going to figure out what the rust is and then we're going to run a, a bunch of internal scrims against Hurricane, first and foremost. At the moment, it's, it's just more internal when it comes to all the tryouts. We don't have like a hard date. This is when you want to have the roster set before the, the lockdown of, of roster uh, development and then start scrimming. There's no like... We, we, we're just going to go with the flow right now because we also have the, have the task of not only building Spitfire, but also like rebuilding Hurricane as we go when players get picked up, if players get like to other teams, etc, etc. Maybe maybe even coaches getting picked up. Sorry if you, if, you, if you answer this already, but is there a certain team size you're eyeing for Spitfire? Um, I answered it already, yeah. But, yeah, sorry. but we, we, don't, we don't have like a, a set thing in mind right now. Of course, like, we're gonna go for the minimum roster size, Joe, uh, John, but, um, yeah, every everything additional to that could maybe happen eventually. Speaking of things that may happen eventually, is there a long-term plan? Is there a multi-year kind of goal that maybe isn't hard and fast, but you know the the age-old question of oh, where do you see yourself in five years? Where do you see the team in a few years? Like, is there a world where this is the rebuild year? Next year is you know. 
ideally this year and then you know <laughs> london defends or, or gets their repeat yes yes cafes plumbing makes me happy no day. no sorry i read a, a, a question because it makes so much sense especially as working in a british company like lola bear asks, could you do a mixed english team with uk and americans or would that affect comms? <laughs> i mean when, it, when we... it comes to communication some brits have a really thick accent i think it's i crazy. think from all the years how how many years am I overwatch now? Like four years probably. Every time I heard certain British main supports comms, I always had trouble understanding him. And <laughs> oh, oh no, yeah. I'm trying to think of who you're yeah. talking about. It it was it was a dig a dig on Cruz because he has a very uh, a very muffled accent sometimes. Um, but he's I'm not like he's not a bad player or anything. No 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 no, no. Just um, I'm not native English speaking, so. <laughs> Jesus Christ, like <laughs> Liverpool is, is is incredible. It's just like Mom Da Overwatch League is back. It's just like <laughs> it's it's the weirdest sound. Like I remember like as, as a kid with my broken English just trying to listen to um what's this? <sighs> Oh, do you remember as, a, as German kids when you heard the English songs the first time and trying to imitate English by not but not really speaking it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the best and thing. You would just be like, well, 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 and then the thought, yeah, I'm English. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you, you just know the sounds, and then you like, you basically like, we listen to like Eminem albums, and it's like nobody really understood what actually anyone said. And then sometimes I'll be in the shower, just singing the song back to me, like filling in the gaps. I'm just like, that's kind of messed up, dude. Like I didn't know that he was singing about that. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> really like. We're doing that, but uh, yeah, in general, um, like, d is there okay? So you say Western teams, right? Yeah, and you all, of course, have a um, a European um, franchise, and you have a European academy team, and like, also the European scene is probably like we would say time and time again on this podcast, like. If there is a scene that is underappreciated where the most diamonds in the rough could still be located, it is likely Europe because it's the least explored, right? With probably still like a sizable player base in that regard. Um, mm -hmm. But is there like you're not categorically excluding the possibility of having American players, for instance, right? Oh, no, no, no. Definitely not. There is, there's definitely roles that are lacking in Europe and where. There's many like 17, 16 year olds that are just like rising up the ranks. Mm -hmm. So there's definitely like we, we don't only trial European players. We don't only look at European players. That's why I that's why I try to to explain it as like a Western roster with a with a strong focus on Europeans. Just no Canadians. <laughs> do, do, can you do, do you feel comfortable talking about the the uh, weak <laughs> the Canadians roles? <laughs> Um, because like, okay, let's, let's talk, let's do it the other way around because it's a little bit of a bit, uh, more kind, <laughs> uh, framing. What are the strong roles in Europe? What do you think? Like, are there roles where like Europe is really good at developing them? Oh, tanks. Definitely. Euro European tanks are, are definitely the front runners. Like after all the, the Korean superstars, I mm. think, um, right. we, we are very strong. Strong in, in, in the tank line, 100%. And then I think Joe and I would have given the same uh, 
response. Do we want to go on three? Go for and it. Just say, okay. What about me? Do it. One. <laughs> do, yeah, I mean, you, you can say the wrong thing on three. <laughs> Are we saying a player or a thing? No, 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 no a role. No, a role, a role a that's role. Europe is the strongest on. Okay, we're doing it in three, okay? Mm -hmm. Yep. Three, two, one. Symmetra turrets. <laughs> I want a professional symmetric turret player. That'd be this. I'm about it. If you, if you guys are wondering why, why he has I to get I up, actually would have, I would have said that correctly, by the way. But Good. I'm protesting. All right, Yiska's lack of respect for me right now. Sure, I am in protest. Erica can say that after the question's over. <laughs> right. So yeah. EU main, main support. supports this season have felt like like an EU mid and League of Legends like seasons past where it's like, well, that's just the main export from Europe at the moment. And it's no it's no detriment to or or shade thrown at the tank line because look at how many British Hurricane main tanks have gone season after season to the Overwatch League. Fusion's not locked. It feels like, you know, it, you know, the, the tank line of this year is probably long for this world. There's probably getting all kinds of stuff thrown at them. Like it's the main supports, however, seem to be the one that that get out there the farthest. So is there not how they're built, but is that definitely like a strength of Europe in, in your summation? I think so, yeah. I think mm. uh, tank lines in Europe has have had a history of being like one of the strongest you, you see all the like the, the finnish tank lines that were in overwatch league sure. um mm -hmm. you've seen uh you've seen i think yeah you think you've seen swedes in overwatch league that have that are like main tank and flex tank the reinforce Brits, once course. again we can't we can't get off <laughs> you're just dropping all oh. kinds of breadcrumbs like if you might as well just announce johnny's joining the team like it's rough there was lulzish too true also He's also swedish I agree. I mean, he played about as much as Reinforce in your watch league. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're on, you're on some stuff today. You're, 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 you're lighting some matches. I'm, I'm dropping all the hints. Like, like, yeah. where's the, where's the technical crowd Reddit deciphering everything I say? All kinds yeah. of crumbs. Building the, the, the roster. Okay, Joe, explain to me why I didn't think that was the right answer to say tanks, even though based oh, on who right actually. Actually, who got into the Overwatch League? That makes perfect sense because, yeah, like if, if we look at the European role, worlds, mm -hmm. like where where they are in the Overwatch League, it's a lot of tanks, right? Slow Session, Elevate. It was Numlocked, um, Fusions, Fusions, def yeah. definitely. Uh, who am I missing? Uh, this, this, yeah, Navix, Poco, yep, um, for sure. The problem is that most of them them feel already so American-y because they've been over there so long already. So they're kind of like inventory there for you guys. Inventory? <laughs> we don't just like adopt people. They still come from somewhere that isn't here. I feel like I mean, I'm doing your it. American job for yourself to just like say, oh yeah, they're part of ours now. No, I've always, I've always fought against that. Like even going back to like, and not to be super tangential, like even some other like esports that I followed, it's just like, no, this isn't a like, why are we cheering for like this player? Like, it's it's not it's not. Why are we cheering for them? It's just like, why are we trying to adopt them? Like, let them be their own like 
I don't know. It it always was a little weird to try and like indoctrinate feel strong, but just like yeah, adopt them over is 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 bizarre. But yeah, yeah no, I t- the European tanks definitely are are a strong suit. It's kind of always interesting because in that way there's a lot of love given to the tanks and the supports. But the DPS, especially this season or this last season rather, um show that they are 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 powerful. They're not to be to be reckoned with. You know, you have Oni God finally getting the call up after what feels like years of playing this damn game. And yeah, because it was up big. It, literally, it actually literally was years. <laughs> it true. It was. Um you know, Kevster, it's Europe again. There's there's some gems out there. KSP. Like, KSP. Yeah. Like it's it's surprising to see, and I'm glad that there is more of a focus in it. And again, from everything that you've kind of talked about, it seems like that you guys are very focused on finding those gems and building a team. Not only to make Europe proud, but to like win with that in mind. Like it's it seems do not only doable but like plausible. As long as like everything stays the course and goes the right way, it's not like so far fetched to believe that like an EU team could be like top ten, even if that mm-hmm. like you could go so much higher. Like it's, I think the possibility the, the, the potential is definitely there. Mm-hmm. The potential, right. the potential can can carry this hard. Do you have any? feeling how good hurricane was maybe during the season because i remember we did like an in- interview pre-season where it's like okay so we didn't know of corona we still thought people would travel that would mm-hmm. mean overwatch league teams would come to europe you would have scrim partners theoretically there um or would have scrimmed against the main team or whatever um did you did you ever get to like scrim overwatch league teams during the season even on ping or uh was oh, yeah. that not at all possible Oh yeah, we we did we did um, since last season basically like beginning of the year especially um, we did have scrims against teams like Toronto and Glads on ping pretty regularly. We did oh. we did branch out to to East and A scrims like yeah pretty regularly with Hurricane just because because of competition purposes. And do you have an indication for us how that went? As far as I heard, it was uh, it was definitely sometimes it was good, sometimes it was bad. Of course, like because mm-hmm. um, they still had hero pools, mm-hmm. they did. That right. We we were out of the comfort zone. We were on ping, of course, but it it definitely wasn't like it wasn't a smackdown all the time. That's right. that's the the most positive I can get comfortably. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. And depending on on the meta you're playing on, ping is actually also. Like, especially if you have a cross the team. Like, I know yeah. some teams, um, like, wouldn't play their European player uh, on in, in the Reinhardt role because Reinhardt is unplayable on 200 MS. Most, uh, like, yeah. time is... to pull up the scrim bucks list. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Live fishing for the sock it's exchange. Just... <laughs> oh, it's not only, it's not only just like the ping as well. Like, I've had to imagine that, like, if memory serves me, contenders in the Overwatch League had staggered hero pools in some weeks where 
you know you guys yeah. were playing something different than what Owl was playing so it was definitely not always the same thing so scrimming probably was a little hard it was definitely tricky at times to yeah. get scrim partners with the same um like that are high level of course overwatch league teams with the same hero pools and in, mm -hmm. in, in that regard like it was definitely less regularly than end of last season where it wasn't like implemented so hard and we could actually like scrim them while they were playing or while they were um picking up like new talent mm. yeah that's that's one thing that i'm very interested in i think just conceptually okay let's let's line out the premise we have shorter contracts we likely like depending on how the season goes we will have mid-season signings and everything i think based on the shorter contracts the theoretically the like rotation or like the the throughput of contenders players into overwatch league should be higher than in other seasons because like a probably the level of contenders might be higher for the guys that like are currently fa won't get a team and then also don't retire there will be like 30 percent of the uh the ones um like that are currently fa will probably be somewhere that maybe it's less maybe it's more hard to eyeball right so in my mind it's very beneficial to then also have contenders synced up more with the overwatch league in the sense that we're not a hero pool behind we're not a patch behind do you like for it feels like for the hurricane and the spitfire to most effectively work together as well without one and most likely hurricane having to uh Pull the short end of the stick, having to mm. uh, align to uh, the Spitfire. It seems like the alignment of those rule sets would be very welcome for you guys, wouldn't be it? Right? Oh yeah, definitely. It's it's a piece of feedback I I kept giving throughout the year. Um, I'm still I'm still one of the one of the more vocal persons when it comes to spamming uh, my my POCs with feedback and and giving feedback on on format changes on things that they that they think about. So I hope that we can we can I can work from like this new position to even like push more for better circumstances for like both sides of the coin. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else? Any other tier two changes you think that you like would be quick and easy to implement that you have been uh, pushing like down that channel just to you know have like a better movement better de development uh cycles for those players in tier two it's definitely it's definitely a bit um it's really tricky to find a good solution for how the whole contender cycle works right because at the moment it's like monthly competitions that last for five days and then contenders trials that people have to play that go up and down the, the mm -hmm. list so it's a very heavy lift for those teams that are not like top four consistently um so feedback that that i can definitely see reasonable is to space it out a tiny bit more to do like more focused competition towards like mid-season or something um right. like small invitationals or um accumulating points um during the during the season play some something around those lines like make it a bit more make it a more uh, a bit more focused not only on on the top heavy side of the teams but also like make it enjoyable for all the upcoming players for all the upcoming teams to not like have the risk of overworking themselves without like having much support 
Now, beyond whatever like I reported on, and I don't think we need to necessarily discuss that, but would you like we we have a long off season, right? Would you like to see Okay, two-part question. How do you think about third-party tournaments in in terms of the T2 scene? And should there also be like tier 1 talent like Overwatch League talents competing in these tier three, uh, sorry, third party tournaments in some meaningful way. So we have some crossover between the scenes so they can cross pollinate. We can see, okay, how it's, it helps with scouting very likely in that case, like to see how these talents match up against the best uh, at the, at the top level. Do you think that is kosher or do we always need to have like this hard line where it's like, okay, it needs to feel earned once someone gets into the Overwatch League and we need to maintain you know, these barriers. Yeah, so third-party tournaments itself, yes, big time. Um, I think what they did this year with allowing more third-party tournaments, having the Echo tournament, having the breakable barriers, having, mm. like, more organized by endemic tournament organizers like Elohel and Monkey Bubble was a really, really good thing that they did, just for, like, off-official season competition. And um, that's why I'm also like advocating for what I said earlier with spacing out the contender seasons itself or like the contenders tournament itself a tiny bit more to have like more space for those kind of endemic um, tournaments and having some in quotation mark fun tournaments in there to um, populate viewership or like get get engagement over from the Overwatch League side from the content creator side is also it's also a really good thing that, that we could do to support like viewership bumps etc one topic that i definitely think that you kind of threw at me right there was the idea of you know overworking and mm -hmm. we you know we don't have any rules to kind of limit practice we if anything we probably do more to burn ourselves out in this ecosystem especially with the players and more than likely even harder with the coaches. What are your kind of guidelines and or plans to kind of stem that? So as to have a feasible roster for the foreseeable future, is there any kind of things that you've done through Hurricane? Is there anything that C9 kind of can assist with to kind of stem that tide of burnout and overwork within Overwatch? We definitely do want to make for a feasible schedule. Like there is definitely there is definitely reason in people that are working. Like people can't be on for like twelve hours a day doing things. Right. Of course, like it's it's super tiring, um, especially if you're in a game that you grind for six months of a year, seven months of a year, right? So, um, being not not having like too much off time just promotes burnout so much like mm. you, you get you get demotivated you get like um you get in bad mindsets way easier um you do have the problem of basically um yeah basically not functioning like and if you don't function you can't be like functioning for the team right. and the team can't function if you don't function so you have to take care of yourself um yeah, so we wanna we definitely wanna promote that. We do take time off regularly in Hurricane after contenders competitions. We try to not like overwork the players, especially now with like all the tryouts that they have and going on. We try to give them like accommodating off days, work around their currently very busy schedule to ensure that they're not like 
that they don't have like eight hours of tryouts a day and then like having to worry about like so many things because especially off seasons are, su- are a super stressful time for players and coaches so mm. it's very important to to give them space and give them the time they need to cope that's interesting okay i think i kind of knew that i also think that is not no widely known thing that the mm-hmm. off season is so stressful because like an argument I always, uh, I frequently hear towards like, you know, we have this five to six month season, people go 70 hours on average, and that's okay because there's an off season where they can chill. And I think like to a degree, yes, people then take a couple of weeks off sure. depending on what the contract uh, mm-hmm. status is and whatnot. But why, why is it so stressful, the off season uh, in particular? Especially for players that go into free agency or that are on contenders teams, it's like it's like a big chunk of uncertainty the whole time you're trialing, right? So you're you're anxious about oh, do I get to phase two? Do I get to phase three? Should I like grind more to to improve myself? Should I like should I actually do these like very sick twelve hour days practicing two blocks of scrums with my main team plus having like two trial blocks afterwards, staying up to like three a.m. because I want to play these NA trials and not like many 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 have a problem communicating to their teams or like being confident of saying hey this is too much for me right now so they are so they're constantly in the mindset of oh i need to do this or i need to be on point or i need to do this that and that that just flourishes their anxiety so much and like every every trigger in your brain is just constantly on you're thinking about it and it's like such a stressful thing for you to actually cope with the fact that oh Am I gonna get on this team? Am mm-hmm. I like did I play I didn't play well in this block and then it snowballs into maybe playing unwell in another block, not being not being on top of your team too, and then maybe losing a contenders like match and then oh no, I have a tryout afterwards. Like how should I be confident playing that now? So it's it's a very like you you just get overthrown with emotions basically from a player perspective. So you're really not even off, right? Like yes, you're, you're, it's really hard to to be off, mm-hmm. especially if is, you are going to school or like working. Imagine, hmm. imagine like working uh, uh, like sure. half a day and then going into scrims and then going into trials and then maybe having a match the next day and then yeah, it's like how and when. Is that a piece of feedback then that the league might have gotten was maybe creating more mid-season breaks, like with almost after the tournaments, especially this season to at least give them some time off because like you said like the off season really isn't even off like you still have to try out and you worry about your job and the anxiety is so high is a break mid-season kind of better for them in that way Mm, i don't really know if that's like a feasible option i don't want to like okay Mm. Um, I'm, I'm not sure. I would have to think about it a tiny bit more because, sure. like, the main the main problem is definitely like players coming from down up, right, and not necessarily mm-hmm. players in the Overwatch League going down. Mm-hmm. Um, since it's a, it's it's a different set of stress, like having matches during the season and then having uncertainty of your job in the off right. season, right? For sure. Yeah, and it's like the problem with mid season breaks is also just like if you're a team that's not doing well. You're not going to. Take yeah, you off. don't have it off anyways. Mm-hmm. Like you still have to. You feel the need to practice to be able to improve. For sure. And then yeah. when you're not doing it, and others see you not doing it, then the team ahead of you will also take not take time off. 
and then that team ahead and then it's blah 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 and then yeah. the only one that's chilling at the beach is super and at the end of the day right like <laughs> yeah it's it's really hard to find a workable system when the drive of these individuals is just otherworldly in in all regards like you can uh, put in limitations and that's fine like that that still don't, doesn't work people will still just hit the aim lab or whatever like the only way to dissent, disincentivize um like over practicing is if not only you make it so that the game like grinding the game harder than taking a break is disadvantageous but it has to be obviously so disadvantageous where it is clear for the players to see that taking care of their own mind and mental and taking time off and pacing themselves is going to get them further ahead than uh, sitting down uh, 12 hours a day. And I think to a degree we see it in, in uh, more stable environments and stable esports happening, even though mm -hmm. like I, I'll readily mm -hmm. admit that I also kind of fell on my nose seeing um, how much player burnout was also a topic in CS. But I think large parts of the uh, burnout created by CS is because they, they go so hard for such a long time. And there was tons of travel involved um, that... Mm -hmm just was otherworldly in that regard right yeah i think a big part for overwatch is that you just want to align tier two and tier one um with like the off season i think that that definitely helps just having contenders run as long as overwatch league or as uh, at least till like the the official like signing window off season stuff starts mm -hmm. and then only mm -hmm. like that's a, that's a good place to like bring in end of year like third party tournaments that are optional to play in quotation marks so right. players can actually like effectively communicate like because it's it was really hard for a player to say like i don't want to play this month's contenders right but it's yeah. like it's okay to say hey i don't want to play this tournament on the weekend that may have like a smaller price pool right the the problem of course is if you have a six months off season and you want more contenders viewership then yeah, contenders the, is the, the perfect game. filler right like if, if <laughs> someone thirsts for overwatch and i think like after three months at the latest mo most people like get their appetite back that's probably where we would see the most growth in, or organic growth in in viewership um if that could somehow tie into that entire thing but damned mm -hmm. if you do damned if you don't right like that mm -hmm. yeah that that would be once again back to that's that's a workable system it's not necessarily a good system for the reasons you outlined in the sense that like okay these these guys will just be burned out beyond belief uh, if we structure it that way. So, yeah, it's rough, and it's it's definitely like not as trivial of a task to create a leak as honestly sometimes my articles will <laughs> will make it out to <laughs> <We'll> be. Suggest. <laughs> um, and it's it's in in our defense, in the the people that criticize from the outside, we also don't have the sufficient information to always like make the right calls. And that's yeah. where transparency once again comes in. And um that's also hope where we where we can uh improve a little bit down the line.
Yeah, that's why it's important that people that are like within the system are vocal about these things too and like go to the right channels with like improvements and stuff because it can't be only on like the outside people to criticize. It also has to be like optimizing from the inside and it has to come with like feedback with teams being responsible for their players and mm-hmm. definitely also like people listening to that because because nobody has like the the complete pack of information all the time but trying sure. at least trying to see like the different sides on where do they come from like why do they do this stuff is definitely way better than just like mindlessly ranting about how shit things are mm-hmm. like you you need to make the best out of it from what has been given to you and like what you can work with with these people because of course they also have their boundaries their values their viewpoints and so like finding solutions is way better than just bashing yeah, I totally agree. It was my word of the day. The word because, of the day. There you go. I think that's a good summation of who <laughs> the London Spitfire GM is. Very open-minded, very, you know, thoughtful in a way and ready to adapt. Good, ready to adapt to a, a weird 2021 with a fresh Western and European lineup. So, I mean, we Germans are inventors, right, Yuska? <laughs> Sorry? We Germans are inventors, so. True. Yeah, something, something, efficiency, BMW. Yeah, we get it. Okay. <laughs> what does it have to do with BMW? We get it. We get it. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, German. cars. That's, yep, yeah. cars. Vroom. Cars. <laughs> That's a nice movie. Great. Three movies. I guess. Three yeah. movies. Uh, I don't know. The third, third one's always hard. Third one's True. tough, Trilogies. Eh? Yeah. You know, it's the only... Uh, I don't think that's true. It might not be true anymore, but I believe at the time it was the only Pixar movie. Uh, it was before, uh, yeah, it was the only Pixar movie to get a sequel until Toy Story. Ooh. Damn. Uh, did you mention it? Yeah. That's kind of, I can't think of any other ones that really got a bunch of them. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, we got to we gotta get out of here. Chat, this has been a ton of fun. Thank you so much. And uh, Nuki, thank you so much to, uh, to you. Uh, for hanging out with us. It's been far too long. We should do it in um, much more casual gaming circumstances sometimes because it's been a long time since we've just gotten to hang out. So uh, we should try. True. And- oh, yeah. I missed it's the not- old band. Yeah. I mean, it's not like you're busy or anything, but uh, regardless. Uh, before we get out of here, though, we always like to give um, our guests a- an opportunity to you know give a message to the fans out there. There's a lot of people on the edge of their seat for London Spitfire 2020. Uh, so please, by all means, uh, take this opportunity, if you will, if you have anything uh, to say to them. Yeah, so addressing the fans, definitely give it some time. We, we, we're working on it. We're going to make the, the best of it that we can. And we... <laughs> I could say we try to not disappoint you, but that's inevitable to happen because there was always people disappointed, like... Right. Nobody can always be happy about things, right? So True. trust the process is a thing that we say in Cloud9, so nice. go for it. Trust the process. Love it. Um, and then Nuki, everybody, where can everybody find you? It's it's on Twitter, at Nuki. Is there N-O-U-K-K-Y? Is there anywhere else that people can stay in touch with you? Um, No, it's, it's, it's mostly via Twitter. I try to be most active on there. Um, answer questions, answer DMs as good as I can. So, if you wanna, if you wanna get in touch, that's the that's the address. Um, I do have Instagram, but that's mostly cat pictures and food pictures. So there's nothing exciting on there. Um, and yeah, hopefully I can come back sometime. 
Absolutely. We can definitely make that happen. We're going to get out of here, chat. Thank you so much again. Big thank you to Nuki and uh, Spitfire uh, for allowing her to come on the show. Um, it's just been so awesome to hear about the 2021 Spitfire. Uh, should I should I buy a Nuki jersey, guys? <laughs> Is that what I do next? I Get think that's a jersey. much safer investment. I, I don't think yeah. the GM's going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah, so um, we have an inside joke for those who don't know who are listening to the show for the first time is that uh, I've I've bought a few coach jerseys <laughs> in the past, um, and then uh, one of them is Curry shot. And then when I bought a Curry shot jersey, within like three weeks, he left the team. Didn't even tell me. He didn't shoot me a message or anything. Just nothing. Um, but yeah. So if you do, <laughs> I like to inform everyone on Twitter now that I'm gonna leave the team. Please don't buy jerseys anymore. Yeah. You know all those Just jersey sales. Done. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Uh, I'm gonna, gonna email you ahead of time. Perfect. Thanks. Appreciate it. Um, yeah. So let's go ahead and get out of here. Big thank you to our patron producers. Refine Bean, Ferdino, Pin, Battle Crab, Kuchikopi, Lotion, Rex Zane, Audio Compass, Kosh67, Sharp, Picasso, Nathan, Misery, Hunter Tain, Fable Steven, Roger B, Owen, Chris R34444, Orbjorn. I listen to this podcast whilst on the toilet in the shower, thinking of Yiska and Peace Camper. Uh, thank you so much for supporting the show. If you like the show, go to patreon.com slash tactical crouch. And a big thank you to so many of you, uh, new subs, uh, Frank. Is that just a fancy way to say Frank? Uh, we're going to say Frank MTRB streams and a big thank you to pin to paper for the resub and then Rex Zane with 10 gifted subs and Loller Bear with six gifted subs during the show. Thank you so much for supporting the show like that. We really appreciate you all. Uh, if you want to follow the show, get us on your podcast feeds, YouTube, just search for tactical crouch. We're everywhere there. Um, Joe Yiska, you both given shoutouts for the week where people can find you on the show yesterday. So we're going to cut it a little bit short unless you have anything can new. It, yeah, I I want to tease do. one thing. All right, like I I wrote the fortune teller piece, what the next season might look like, and there might be some information that could be crucial to enjoyment of next year. That's all I'm going to say about it. Sweet. All right. Fair enough. Chat, this has been episode 144. We love you all. We'll see you next time. Bye.